a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. When we look at ourselves and the situation of the world, uh, God is certainly there, but He's hidden there. He's not seen there. He's not. He, he hasn't put Himself there to be found. Where He puts Himself to be found is on the cross. That's where we know that He loves us. So we can just as well undo God's love for us as we can go back in time and pry the nails out of Jesus' hands. We can just proclaim God's word, trust it will do what it says it will do, and no longer be be judging the effectiveness of the, of the preached word by human standards of measurement, by by the number of people that are there, but but rather to just do what God told us to do, to preach the word and administer the sacraments. Ch- Charles Finney could have possibly had the ugliest face of any theologian, <laughs> except for Brian Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio, Evan Gigline and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller here hey. uh, uh, to, to deliver this disaster of a radio show to you. <laughs> I was wondering if that quote that you put from yourself on the bumper, where it talks about how we don't have to worry about the numbers of people listening, you do just to comfort yourself every time we record. You don't have to worry that there's only six people in the world listening to our show. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, the... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the Lord's right. Word has, has its effect, even on you six listeners. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Well, today's Table Talk Radio, after we do some buzzwords, uh, we are checking in with our listeners, res- uh, responding to some of the, the emails and, and voicemail messages and what else we got. Uh, and then uh, we're going to be uh, responding to this listener participation listener participation <laughs> game that uh, we put out. Uh, we were asking for you, our listeners, to send in the worst examples of scripture twisting. And uh, we're going to have Chris Roseborough of Pirate Christian Radio on uh, to, to be the, the judge for that. So that is the lineup for Table Talk Radio. Uh, oh, buzzwords. Great. What a great show. Oh, yes, buzzwords. I got one for you. I, I'm sure you'll not forget this one. <laughs> the word is hope. 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 Uh, hey, and the reason why we want to use that word, I mean, everyone knows what hope is, but when the Bible uses the word hope, it's different than when the world uses the word hope. We've talked about this, I think, but mainly when we say hope, we indicate a great deal of uncertainty when we normally use the word hope, like I I, I hope it doesn't rain tonight. But or, we think it's I gonna, hope, or I hope Table Talk Radio is almost over. Right, that's right, and it probably isn't. It's probably got 48 minutes to go. Ah, <laughs> when will it end? But when the Bible uses the word hope, see, we we when we live our daily lives, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But when we read the scriptures, God does, and He promises stuff. So when we use the word hope according to the scriptures, it has this certainty built into it. Uh, so I hope for heaven. I hope my sins are forgiven. I hope for the resurrection of the flesh. All of these things, it it, it it's uh, it's the opposite of uncertainty. In fact, it includes this the certainty of faith because God has promised it. So that is the word for you. And the theological buzzword I have for you is assumption. And this refers to when uh, God brings someone up to heaven apart from death. So we typically talk about the assumption of Mary, uh, that she was... Ah, we do? uh, Well, (laughs) okay, let me rephrase that. The way it's usually associated with assumption is that that the the Virgin Mary was taken up uh, uh, to heaven apart from death. And we we talked about this in one of our shows. We did a Mythbusters uh, on on these uh, dogmas of Mary 
And I think, oh, yeah, if I remember. I remember right, the conclusion we came to is, of course, we know that God can do this because we have examples of that in the Old Testament. Um, right. But 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 usually what is being asserted with the assumption of Mary is that she couldn't die a natural death like everyone else does because she was born apart from sin, which is not true. That is, that is false. And so right. uh, if that is the, the reason for the assumption, then we reject, uh, reject right. that. Right, right. There you go. Okay, so let's Assumption. let's hit our listeners. I think you have uh, you're, you're logged on to our silly little Facebook page. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, you know are, we have are our, our numbers our... declining yet? <laughs> we did, we did. We had we lost a couple members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So glad you brought that up. <laughs> oh, we have 355 uh, uh, fans on Facebook, which means we have 30 fans for every listener or whatever. It's crazy. That is exciting. Uh, but we are ramping up for our 100th show. This is show 98, is it not? It is. It is. Show 98. That means in two weeks, two weeks, we have the the uh, the show we never thought we would reach, our 100th show. We're going to be into triple digits. We have we, – we will – at that point, we'll have recorded 10 shows for each listener or whatever it is. So in, in preparation for that, we want to have a big – extravaganza for our 100th show and one of the things we want to do is is collect your favorite table talk radio moments uh, and there's a little discussion uh, to this effect on our Facebook page your favorite table talk radio quotations so I have a, I have a couple here just to give you a taste for it and then all of you listeners have to log on to this Facebook page or call the our, our hotline there or uh, send an email with your favorite table talk radio moments and quotations here's one uh, Sarah uh, our friend Sarah has posted a handful up here and this is a little conversation between you and me. Evan, it says, you say, can you not use Hebrew words? Because I haven't taken any Hebrew yet. And my response is, Latin, Evan. That's Latin. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. I haven't taken Latin either. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that. That was pretty good. Oh, here's another one. Here's, a, here's two more quotes from you. Uh, I have 30 different emotions during the course of this show, most of them being anger. <laughs> <laughs> or then another one from you, another quotable Wait, Are there any, are there any ones moment. that you have on there? Oh, yeah, a couple, but yours are better. It says here, Evan, casually. Well, I don't want to be a Gnostic. <laughs> 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 Who knows what we were talking about? Yeah, it it's good know. to know you don't want to be a Gnostic. So, if you, you dear listener, have a, f- a favorite uh, moment or a quote that you remember, then you can send it in to us, and uh, and we'll do something with it in our. 100th show gala extravaganza. Yeah, we're guaranteed to do something with it. It might be just throwing it away, but please, please do. No, and we also have this uh, voicemail system, 866-851-5523. And, Pastor, we got a little comment on our Facebook, or excuse me. Oh, look what you made me say. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll pause for a minute, interlude while Evan goes and washes his mouth out with soap. We got a message on our voicemail system at 866-851-5523, and this is what the caller had to say. Charles Finney had the ugliest face of any theologian you know. Have you ever seen a picture of C.F.W. Walther? (laughs) I have seen a picture of Walther. There's this great picture with Walther when he had lost all of his teeth in his old age. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Apparently from smoking. You know the story about how he used to keep a canary and the canaries would die because of all the pipe smoke in his office? 
people would go to see him and they'd have to swim through the smoke and he's it's like the it's like the temple in heaven you know filled with all of this incense because of cfw walter's pipe smoke there's a picture of him in his old age with when he doesn't have teeth and stuff but i would contend to you that when you look at the eyes of walter versus when you look at a picture and you see the eyes of finney finney has these kind of beady looking eyes and uh, and that to me does it. I I think he is just maybe maybe you could do that on Facebook, have a vote or something, and uh, have the two pictures side by side and and do that. I you know I I think Finney looks a lot like Charles Darwin. Also, there's a kind of eerie similarity like, between those two guys. He evolved. He was evolved. Finney look, he does kind of look like the missing link. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we actually have a serious right, email to talk about. Do you want to oh, maybe right. do this? <laughs> All right. You better get uh, to it quick. The, the, the email says this is from Ron. I'm not sure where Ron is from. Um, he didn't respond to my email quick enough, so I don't know where Ron's from. But he writes, uh, something off topic but a good one, something that is relevant based on the upcoming Synodical Conference and the difference between the two front runners. This is uh, LCMS insider stuff. Uh, but, but here's this question. Inside baseball. That's right. This is the question. Can you Missouri both address politics, your take on doctrine and practice? Our current president has said that we are united in doctrine but divided in practice. Is this possible? I would say no. We have a minute and a half here. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> All right. Thank you for it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, It wasn't a yes or no question? It's true, though, that be, that because uh, doctrine and practice cannot be divided. So you can look at uh, any church denomination, and if there's some sort of a difference in the practice, you have to conclude that there's a difference in one's theology. It is, I mean, it's just it's just logical, isn't it? I mean, we have this great saying uh, in Latin <laughs> that, that I don't know, but it's uh, Lex Aranda, Lex Credendi, <laughs> which says the rule of, of, of prayer is the rule of, of belief, or, or, or the rule of, is that right? Um. Well, either way, one, it goes back. Yeah, and forth. Okay, so, but 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 it, it's demonstrating that that you do things because of the way you believe, and, and of course, that's just logical. Right. If 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 you if you think one thing, that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna start acting. Right, right, and I mean, and and, and so there, this connection between doctrine and practice has to be carefully watched because you change the you change the practice and you end up changing the doctrine, or if you change the doctrine, the practice will follow. So, uh, we we do want to make a distinction between the two, and when it comes to matters of adiaphora, you know, indifferent matters, then we want to be charitable with one another. We want to let love govern and this sort of thing, so that, like Luther says, it's the na- and this is a stunning sort of thing. It's the nature of love to be deceived. So when it comes to matters of love and life together we bear with one another and all of this but when it comes to matters of doctrine uh, then there's no patience and no love simply the confession of Christ's uh, of Christ's truth and there can be no uh, there can be no change or no horsing around with that right well uh, so I, th- I think we uh, we can confirm what Ron said here that he would say no we as well there, there cannot be a division between uh, doctrine and practice Right. All right, so That's coming right. up on Table Talk Radio, we are uh, going to be listening to the entries that you gave us. You, our listeners, both of you, uh, sent us uh, entries for the Scripture Twisting Game or the Listener Participation Game. And we're going to have on Chris Roseborough after this break to be the judge. Uh, and, and, and that's... Uh, uh, that's what he will. He's an expert in that, isn't he, Pastor? He's, he's the uh, yeah. expert guest for for heresy. It's, 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 some of these are pretty bad. Too, yeah. I mean. All right. We'll be right back with Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. I'm a soul man. I'm a 
listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology, Seriously Bad Hosts. Can women be pastors in the church? Some say they can. On the next edition of Table Scraps Live, we'll be talking with Professor Larry Anderson of Central Christian College of Kansas to give his arguments for women's ordination. Why are there women pastors? How do they respond to clear passages of Scripture that say women should remain silent in the church? What arguments would you have against women's ordination? Listen to Table Scraps Live on Sunday, June 6th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time on piratechristianradio.com. For more information, go to our website at tabletalkradio.org to find out about Table Scraps Live. Again, it's on June 6th at 8 o'clock Central Time on piratechristianradio.com. This is a live radio call-in program, so you can call to give your arguments for or against women's ordination on January the 6th at 8 o'clock Central Time, heard on piratechristianradio.com. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we are playing the listener participation game of which you entered for the worst scripture twisting found. And we have a few <laughs> entries to discuss today. Uh, Pastor, before we get started, I forgot what my buzzword was. Can you tell me again what the buzzword hope. is? Hope. Hope. How could you forget that? Hope is hope. your buzzword. All right. So if I say That's that, an easy one. that Pastor is from Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, would that work? <laughs> yeah, that, that counts. Oh, yeah, you get five <laughs> points for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, to- By the way, you should let Chris know. we got Chris on the line, Chris Roseberg, captain of Pirate Christian Radio. The buzzword that Evan gave to me is assumption, uh, which, uh, which, which can go a number of different ways. Now, if you have the opportunity to get these buzzwords, hope or assumption, and you steal points from us. <laughs> Isn't that the way this thing works? I guess. Yeah. If we have to let him play. Well, for this for this uh, listener participation game of Scripture Twisting, we called in the, the uh, heresy expert. This guy, he's like the Ghostbuster of heresy. Uh, this is Chris Roseboro of Captain. He's the captain of Pirate Christian Radio and host of the call? radio program. Chris Roseboro. <laughs> Fighting for the faith. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I'm feeling very hopeful. <laughs> Uh, that does not count. You have to wait for long enough for me to forget that I gave you a buzzword. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, in about a minute, tell our listeners, or maybe some that don't know, uh, what do you do over there at uh, Pirate Christian Radio, and how can they help you out? Oh, I keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do all the production work here at Pirate Christian Radio, fill up the streamer and keep the, uh, the station running, as well as uh, do my own radio program, uh, Fighting for the Faith, which is kind of a theological train wreck show, and uh, we learn via bad example how to do good theology. So we use bad examples to show us what good theology is. Yeah, figure it out. All right. Well, well, that's why we have you on. Okay, so a few weeks ago we had our listeners send us their uh, worst examples of Scripture twisting for listener participation game. So you get to come in, come on and determine the winner and discuss these for us. Now, this first one, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a little inappropriate for children. I don't know. Uh, maybe you want to tune in in about 10 minutes if you have uh, children listening. Uh, but this is uh, Pastor Stephen Anderson of Faithful Word Baptist Church, I think in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, I think. 
Uh, and Pastor, uh, uh, excuse me, Chris, you, you know what this is. Why don't you set it up for us a little bit? Well, he's uh, preaching from 1 Kings chapter 14 from the King James Bible, the only inspired, inerrant inter- uh, <laughs> interpretation of God's... Well, <laughs> how do you... Uh, anyway, that, it's the only, uh, the only Bible authorized by God for English speakers to be using, and um, there's, a euf- there's a Hebrew euphemism uh, found in that particular uh, passage. It, it appears actually six times. In, uh, in the King James Bible, but it's basically, it's a Hebraism, and uh, he's going to, it's talking about men, and he's going to tell us what this all means, and his uh, use of the scripture is rather inventive, to say the least. All right, let's listen to the clip, and we'll talk more about it on the other side. Here it is. I'm going to close with one thing. I was reading my Bible this week, and I kept seeing this phrase jump out at me in the Bible. And you're not going to like this, but you haven't liked the sermon up till now, so why would I, why would I try and please you now? You're going <laughs> to be mad no matter what. So. But I was reading the Bible, and uh, I kept seeing this phrase, and I, and I studied this phrase in the Bible. It's used six times, and it's used by God. It's used out of the mouth of God. And uh, it's when the prophet is preaching to the king of Israel, Jehu, and he says, uh, I'm sorry, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and he says, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I will destroy... From Jeroboam, him that pisseth against the wall. Have you ever seen that phrase in the Bible? Put up your hand. Him that pisseth against the wall. You see that in the Bible. It's used six times in the Bible. And it's, you know, six is a significant number in the Bible. It's the number of a man. You know, there are different numbers that represent different things in the Bible. Like seven is the number of completion, you know. Five is the number of death. And you'll see that all throughout the Bible. People being killed under their fifth rib. Genesis 5, 5, Acts 5, 5, on and on. You'll see uh, different numbers and, and significance of numbers. And, and the six times this phrase is used in the Bible. And you say, oh, I can't believe you, you speak that way that's vile. I'm sorry, but the Bible says that the words of Jesus Christ are wholesome words. And the Bible says every word of God is pure. And so don't accuse me of using bad language. That's what the Bible says. He said, I will destroy him that pisseth against the wall. Now, what did, did you ever stop and think, what did God mean by that? Did he mean, well, I mean, what did he mean? Obviously, what is he talking about? All the men, right? He said, he said I'm going to kill all the men that come from Jeroboam. Because there's a difference between men and women. Men piss against the wall. Women don't. Okay? And so God said, he used that language. He used that expression. And by the way, that expression is only in the King James Bible. The New King James eliminates it. This is what the New King James says. Males. All the males. And you know, the, the guys who made it, they are males. They're not men. And God said, a man is somebody who pisses against the wall. Did you know this? When I was in Germany, and you're not even going to believe this. You see, why are you preaching this? Because it's in the Bible. Okay. I was in Germany, and uh, I went to use the restroom in Germany in several different people's houses. I mean, totally different people. And even in public places, they had a sign that prohibited a man from peeing standing up. I'm not kidding. I mean, you can ask, my wife is from Germany, and I was there for three and a half months. They had a sign in people's house, they had a sign in the public restroom that prohibited, and I'm not going to, you know, it was like a circle and a line through it, and it's Is this no really a Christian sermon about a guy talking about up. the bathroom signs in Germany? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so far, uh, we have a couple, oh, man. <laughs> there's a couple minutes left, maybe about a minute left in this in this little clip here, uh, yeah. that, that Pastor Anderson uh, is saying uh, that, that this... 
phrase in the King James Bible, um, pisseth against the wall. Now, Chris, would you talk a little bit about uh, this King James-only view of the Bible? Yeah, there is a strain. In, it, it seems to be prevalent in, the, in, some, in many Baptist circles. Uh, I kinda, what's happened is, is that um, they have a very literal and wooden understanding of Scripture, and they they view that they basically think that all modern translations are 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 basically apostate, trying to sneak in, uh, you know, or, or water down what the Bible really teaches, and uh, as and you know, and the, the, they don't understand textual criticism, they don't understand how variants work, um, and as a result of it, they've latched onto the King James and they've at, applied to it. Inerrant status. The, you know, the, it is the inerrant word of God. The King James Bible is the inerrant, infallible, only infallible translation. And they basically, I mean, these folks, I mean, you, there's no talking sense into them. I, I, I've sat down and, and tried to talk some sense to one of them one time. I said, listen, I read Greek. I read Hebrew. When I translate from the original languages, I never translate into King James English. Am I committing a sin? And they said, yeah. <laughs> wow, I did, I, I'm doing the uh, the Hebrew by the way on this uh, on these on this words here. So the word is shat, shathan to mm-hmm. urinate. Yeah, urinate. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, but he's 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 taken the word uh, urinate or pisseth and he's attached to it uh, numerological status. So I I think this is oh, yeah, uh, urination numerology that we're hearing. Here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh brother, uh, what's the point? Does this guy uh, get to a point of this sermon? Or no, n- no, not really. Um, he keeps going off about how uh, that men need to be men and and peace standing up and and all this trash. <laughs> well, there you go. So I don't I don't know oh, if this I, is worth uh, listening to the rest of it. Uh, we we. <sighs> oh please finish it. Please. Okay, here we go. Oh, man, it's because Chris's show is four hours long. He can listen to the whole thing. Like, is that a joke? That's kind of a crude joke. She said, it's not a joke. She said, no man in Germany peace standing up. That's where we're headed in this country, my friend. We got a bunch of pastors who pee sitting down. We got a bunch of, and you say, oh, you know, you're being vile. I'm not, hey, then God's being vile. God's the one that wrote the Bible, my friend. We got we got pastors who pee sitting down. We got the president of the United States probably pee sitting down. We got a bunch of preachers. We got a bunch of leaders who don't stand up and piss against the wall like a man. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what's wrong with America. You don't you don't like it. You don't like an old fashioned Bible that tells you what being a man's all about. Because it's called the King James oh, Bible. And if you don't like that term, piss against the wall, then you know what? Go to the bookstore this afternoon and buy a new King James. It'll take out that word. It'll take out the word damnation. It'll take out the word hell about half the times. It'll take out the word Jehovah, the name of God. It'll take out anything in the Bible that, that has any uh, power to it. It'll take out anything that tells you how things are supposed to be. But you know what? 400 years ago, pastors used to stand up and preach that a man needs to be a man. Amen. Not a male. Not the males. <laughs> I thought he was going to say the, the pastors used to NIV stand up and sitting down. It's because the, the editors of the New King James, they all pee sitting down. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to pee sitting down. All right. <laughs>
All right, oh, we have man. we have about 40 seconds left. Uh, Chris, in, in these 40 seconds, tell us uh, about this air of, of looking at numerology for interpretation of Scripture. Good night. It's like he's completely missing the point. Just read the text. All this is basically saying is that God is going to curse Jeroboam, and it's going, he's going to cut off you know, his his descendants, all of the men of his line are going to be cut off. I mean, this is not a positive speech about maleness, and it's, it's not positively speaking about pissing against the wall. He's saying that he's going to cut off all of the male descendants of Jeroboam because of his evil. All right, that is the first entry for our LPG listener participation game of Scripture Twisting. Well, of entry number two, we're out of this break with Table Talk Radio with Chris Roseborough. Don't go away. I know what I'm going to do during this break. No heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. We're nearing the end of the month, which means it's time for the Pensacola Lutheran Blind Mission to hold its monthly meeting and dinner for the blind and sight impaired. This meeting is Saturday, May 29th at 5 p.m. at Emanuel Lutheran Church in Pensacola, Florida, located at 24 West Wright Street. Pensacola Lutheran Blind Mission will present an evening meal where they will recognize fellow members. It will be an evening of food fellowship for families and friends who provide encouragement for the blind. For more information and to make your reservations, call Paul Siverly at 850-457-3039. That's 850-457-3039. Or send an email to annsiverly at yahoo.com. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing the scripture twisting game where you, our listeners, sent us the worst examples of scripture twisting. And we have uh, expert guests, Chris Roseborough from Pirate Christian Radio and the radio program Fighting for the Faith, on the line to discuss these. All right, Pastor, you have the second entry for this game of the scripture twisting. Yeah, this is the. Uh, you, you sent me this article, and I'm just looking through it here real quick, and this is uh, the exact opposite of the one we just heard, I think, <laughs> the, uh, thematically. Here, this is an article by David Wiley III titled, What God Has Made Clean, Clean. And here's, here, here's the article. What follows didn't really happen to me, but it could have, and maybe it's happened to some of you. One day I was studying Scripture, preparing for a sermon. I was poring over the passage found in the 10th chapter of Acts, Peter sitting on the roof of one Simon the Tanner in the city of Joppa, uh, when he had the vision, a tablecloth filled with food that was ritually unclean is being lowered from heaven. Peter hears the words, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter protested, No, Lord, he said, for I have never eaten anything that's unclean. But the voice came to him again, saying, What God has cleansed, you must not consider unclean. So there's the scripture text, Acts chapter 10. For hundreds, even thousands of years, Jewish tradition and scripture had taught the Jews not to eat certain foods. They were considered unclean. But now God said to Peter, Rise, kill and eat, because of the... Such scriptures as this, I thought to myself, today we routinely eat such foods. But at the time, I knew the story wasn't really about food at all. It was about considering certain human beings unclean. Immediately after this vision ended, Peter was called down off the roof to meet with the Gentiles, whom the Roman centurion Cornelius had sent to bring Peter to him. Being Gentiles, they were ritually, quote, unclean, just as the food was in Peter's vision. Hundreds of years of Jewish scripture and tradition had taught Jews not to associate with unclean individuals, but after experiencing the truth of his vision, Peter states, quote, 
God has shown me that I should not call any man unclean. And after meeting with Cornelius, Peter baptized him. Later, when Peter returned to Jerusalem, I read where the others in the church criticized Peter for departing from tradition and meeting with the uncircumcised. Okay. So far, so good? Uh, so far. Yeah, so so the point is, here's the text in, in Acts chapter 10 where uh, God is... And, and you see right in that middle section of Acts, chapter 9, 10, 11, 12, that God is really kind of banging Peter on the head with the fact that the gospel is to go to all the world, not just to the Jews. This is where the... I mean, he even uh, will send down the Holy Spirit before Peter baptizes these guys um, so that Peter can say, oh, the gift is for them as well. But so far we haven't had uh, any scripture twisting except for this kind of casual use of vision and tradition, etc. But here it's about to come. You ready? Ready. Okay, after I was finished reading this passage says this guy who's making up the story. <laughs> my doorbell rang. At the door stood a young man, a member of my congregation, a child of faithful parents. He stood there with his friend with whom he shared an apartment. Quote, we have come to ask you today to ask your blessing upon us. We are gay. Close quote. Our denomination, along with most mainline denominations in this country, has been struggling with the reality of homosexuality and our pastoral response to it. I, for one, do not understand homosexuality. I don't understand how a man could prefer a man or a woman a woman as a sexual partner. At the same time, I know many persons who have this orientation, and I do not believe that they have, quote, chosen it. I believe that this is the way they have been created. I personally do not plan to defy the recent rulings of my denomination about the blessing of homosexual unions. Mercifully, no one has approached me to ask me to do so. But what would I do if they did? Hundreds, even thousands of years of scripture and tradition have taught that homosexuality is wrong. Our church now expressly forbids us to perform ceremonies, blessings, uh, blessing such unions. But if you believe, as many do, that persons who are homosexual are born that way, quote, what God has cleansed, you must not call unclean, close quote. Unfortunately, our Lord has given us no clear word on the subject. What? <laughs> Just as when God appeared to Peter on the rooftop at Joppa, Jesus did share some words that remind me that Scripture is a living word and that God is still at work through the persons of the Holy Spirit. As reported by John, Jesus shared these words with his disciples on the night of the Last Supper. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will declare you things that are to come. John 16, 12 to 13. So, uh, all there right, you let's, go. So let's, far, let's this send is this. David Wiley, what God has made clean, clean. All right, let's send this over to Chris. Chris, what do you make of his scripture twisting? Well... Well, I always uh, apply three basic rules when I, uh, ha- when I take a look at how people are handling Scripture. And they are context, context, and context. And uh, what's funny is, is that uh, when you read all of Acts chapter 10, not just the clean-unclean part, which is the part that he's preferring here in his story that he's telling, uh, you read that, uh, that Peter goes to uh, the house of a centurion soldier who was a God-fearer. That means he was studying uh, Judaism but hadn't undergone the, um, the surgical procedure that, uh, that men go through uh, when they uh, become a Jew. So he, you know, he, he'd been hanging out with the Jews and, and uh, was under the Noatic covenant, if you would. But what you find out is that Peter preaches to him repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. And so... It's it, it, what was being withheld from uh, Cornelius wasn't uh, that we are to to bless him or just in some generic sense, but that he got to hear the gospel of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, uh, that which at that up to that point had been pretty much withheld as a message 
from Gentiles. And so now Peter here is admonished by the Holy Spirit to not withhold the preaching of the gospel. Now, I want to comment on one other verse, though. The, the verse that he uses, John 16, 12 through 13, that is not a universal promise given to the whole church. That is a, a promise given by Jesus Christ to the apostles. He says, many things I have yet to say, but you cannot bear them. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's not to the church. That's to the apostles. And it really, if you take a look at what's going on there, this is a blessing that Jesus is giving the apostles regarding their fourth writing of the, of the New Testament, the yet-to-be-written New Testament. So, for example, so St. Paul, who might write things about homosexuality in, in times Right, <laughs> exactly. So this is, this is a promise of the Holy Spirit to guide the apostles into all truth as they write the New Testament, not to uh, the, the, the Church in general. So, I mean, this guy is twisting Scripture on two accounts, and the, the, the Scripture clearly teaches that homosexuality is a sin, and it clearly teaches that Christ's blood is... R.H. Typable shed blood on the cross, died, uh, it, it, it was there as, as an atonement to propitiate God's wrath for the sins of homosexuality, just as blatant as my uh, sins committed as a heterosexual. It seems like this, uh, his interpretation of Scripture here would be a blank check to believe whatever you could ever possibly want. Um, yeah. And, and so, hey, this is how I read Scripture. Now I can do whatever I want. Right. I mean... I mean, if, uh, you, if you if you want to take it to its logical conclusion, now we we can we can we can bless gays. Can we bless pedophiles now? Um, yes, because John sixteen says that uh, there's a revealing truth of the spirit, and and I, yeah. I I have this vision, so therefore yes. Can we bless the marriage that, uh, between that one woman in the Eiffel Tower? She has some kind of a disorder where she you know she falls in love with man-made uh, you know where do you find all this kooky stuff <laughs> that's amazing well, yeah, Chris. But we shouldn't consider her unclean i mean right <laughs> oh boy all right well chris so I don't, go ahead pastor I think this whole idea of clean and unclean is a really interesting thing because we say in the confession of sins i by nature am sinful and unclean so that our uh our, our nature is an unclean nature. To be clean by virtue of creation, which is what he's arguing here, I mean, if you're created that way, that means it's right or holy or clean or whatever, is simply the very opposite of what the scriptures say. The cleanliness that we have is not from being created, but rather from being forgiven by Jesus. Uh, so to come and, and to apply cleanliness to something to a matter of creation is just a... Uh, another fantastically ridiculous twisting of the scripture. So homosexual or heterosexual alike, we're both born unclean. All unclean. All the, and this is the danger of homosexuality. You, you, I mean, we've talked about this before, is that it, it wants to make the claim that it do, it's, it's not a sin, that it doesn't need to be forgiven. Well, every sin needs to be forgiven. But as soon as we find ourselves starting support groups for our sins or starting rallies to support our sinfulness or something like this, then we're in, a real, we're in real trouble because it's precisely unrepentance that separates us from forgiveness. So right. you could have a... Uh, you could you could have a like a greedy person's right parade or a, a um, whatever, and if you if you do that, you're you're just in the same sort of danger because now you're you're kind of you're taking pride in your sin rather than repenting of it and and asking for the Lord's forgiveness and mercy. I'm going to start a a gossip parade, uh, pride parade. Yeah, well, you know what's funny gossip is a lot of churches parade. they have Alcoholics Anonymous meetings inside their churches. I mean, if you were to really take this thing and apply it that way. What we'd have to basically say is we've got to stop condemning alcoholism, and we need to embrace alcoholics 
and uh, make sure that you know we you know we don't condemn them for driving home and stuff like that. I mean, because they're clean too. Right. Okay. Well, we are playing the scripture twisting game. This is a listener participation game where we ask you, the listeners, to email and uh, call in your uh, examples of scripture twisting. And these are the entries we have for you. After this upcoming break, we're going to have one more for you, and then uh, Chris Roseborough of uh, Pirate Christian Radio is going to pick out the winner. Uh, and so that's uh, right after this break. We do want to hear from you. Agree or disagree, we want to we hear from you. Give us a call, 866-851-5523, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. What do you make of uh, this show, what you're hearing? Uh, do you agree with, with maybe Pastor Stevens about he who pisseth against the wall? Or uh, who's this other guy that you were reading? Wiley, uh, David Wiley the third. Oh yeah, Wiley the uh, third. What, what do you think of his interpretation? I bet he doesn't stand up when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to complain about the things that the hosts say, eight six six eight five one five five two three. We're gonna go to this break and uh, hear more from Chris Roseborough on scripture twisting and the listener participation game. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. Come on, baby, and be my guest. Come join the party and meet the rest. Everything's gonna be alright, so be my guest tonight. Don't worry, it's almost over. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, I was wondering uh, during the break why every time we have uh, our great friend Chris Roseborough on you, we have to give the parental advisory. You know, he, Chris really, <laughs> truly is the always looking at the backside of the church. Uh, I'm a dumpster <laughs> diver for Jesus, temples. man. Yeah, dumpster. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, this last one is a clip uh, from the Transform Conference. Chris, what is the Transform Conference? Transform is a missional community, online missional community dedicated to uh, having an emergent conversation, if you would, and how to be missional and incarnational in the world and all those weird uh, emergent terms. And I, I attend, uh, I, I try to attend a lot of the emergent conferences because I think it's important to be not only conversant in what the emergent church is saying, but also to, uh, to be a representative of Christ and the biblical gospel at these things. And so I, it, it was held last week in uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, McLaren was kind of the, the, the cleanup hitter for them, and he, he, he gave the last of the, uh, of, of the plenary speeches at the Transform Conference, and he was talking about doing justice in the world. And his, his scripture twist is really, really subtle at the end there. All right, well, let's listen to this audio then. Uh, this is Brian McLaren at the Transform Conference. Watching this conversation that's been unfolding over about a dozen years plus now uh, in, in large numbers and a couple of decades probably in other ways. It's been interesting to watch it start to be talking about church and doing church. That was the phrase. 
So doing it meant doing church. And doing church meant doing sermons and doing music and um, doing interior design and doing furniture and doing candles and, and all these sort of things. Which was important, there was certainly a place for that. And it was interesting to watch doing church. A good conversation can either be the same people talking about different things or different people talking about the same things. And there's been a little bit of both going on, but as one of the people who's sort of been part of this for some time now, we talked about doing church and then a lot of us started realizing, you know what, you can keep tweaking the packaging, but what if there's a problem with the content? Wait, hold on. He, he's on a nugget there, Evan. He says, uh, "What happens if you? Um, how do you say it? If you if you tweak the packaging, but if you got the wrong message, right. that's actually right. I mean, he's he's right when he says that. You can't just and you can't. It's you know, it's it's putting mascara on a, a duck or whatever it is uh, that they <laughs> say. Lipstick on a pig. Uh, lipstick on a pig. That's the one. Uh, so you, it, the content is what matters. But this this whole idea that doing church is a matter of preaching and music and candles." This is a this is a just a I mean he's pitching to himself you know he's he's setting up the straw man ready to whack it down so well the thing he I never even heard this of, and you just know he what he's going to gonna say is the historic or historic Christian faith and uh, the historic Christian meta narrative that uh, we're all sinners in need of a savior that you know we've fallen and we can't get up and Christ has to raise us from the dead he he he, he wants to completely get rid of that and replace it with this uh, this social justice gospel thing that he's talking about. Mm, okay, let's, let's uh, finish out hearing what Brian McLaren says here at the end. Watch okay. your music or a little more honest sermons. But what if the message you're proclaiming, you start really having questions about, first, whether it's authentically Jesus-like, second, whether it's authentic to the Bible, and third, you know, whether it's actually contributing to the well-being of the planet or maybe making things worse. So what are the, your three choices? Is it is it making the what do you say? Is it making you better? Is it making the church better? And is it making the planet better? Yeah, you got yeah, you got to have a religion that makes the planet better. What? Has I don't to even solve know. planetary I, problems. I, I neither want myself nor the church nor the planet to be better. That's not the. When did we ever give give? Were we given that priority in the scriptures? I'm. I mean, in the end, the Lord Jesus is going to destroy the whole planet. I mean, apparently not, it's not his goal, uh, and remake <laughs> it in the end. Are you trying what? to say God isn't green? <laughs> well, look, I don't know what colors. I'm sure he's all different colors. <laughs> the rainbow, remember the rainbow on the throne? That's what it says in Revelation. Okay. Don't read too much into that, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's Brian McLaren. I spent a number of years talking about doing theology. And then it's been interesting because as a lot of us started grappling with theology, we realized that a big part of doing theology in the way of Jesus was summed up when Jesus kept talking about the kingdom of God. And so in Matthew 6.33, where Jesus says, Seek first God's kingdom and justice, and everything else will come to you. Uh, it's been interesting to watch the conversation from doing church to doing theology to doing justice. Does that make sense? Oh, <laughs> justice. Okay, Chris, uh, tell tell us uh, what uh, he's doing here. 
Well, he just pulled a fast one, and he didn't even blink. Um, Matthew 6.33, first of all, that's kind of the punchline to this thing that Jesus is talking about, one of the points in the Sermon on the Mount. And he's basically chastising his listeners, basically because they're concerned about uh, food, what they're going to wear, basically all the things that the Gentiles are worried about, the the problems, what are we going to eat, how are we going to clothe ourselves, stuff like that. And he's basically saying, oh, you of little faith. He says that, you know, listen, Solomon was never clothed as great as the fields that have flowers are, and yet your Heavenly Father, you know, takes care of them. The sparrows fall to the ground, and yet, yet, yet your Heavenly Father cares for them. They don't need to stone a reef. And he says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't say seek the kingdom of God and justice. It says, and the righteousness of God, his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He's calling people to repentance and faith in Him. And when, when you, you have faith in Him and His righteousness, which is imputed to us as a gift, God takes care of these other things. He's a gracious and loving Father. So He's turned that into a, something about social justice, completely ripped it out of context, and then added His own word. Where, where is the hope that is in uh, for the Emergent Hurt Church? That, that's his buzzword, by the way, hope. Uh, buzzword. Well, it's it all question, depends though, on, so on their assumptions. A hundred points for the buzzword. Okay. All right. It all depends on their assumptions. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, oh that's my to... buzzword, assumption. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, brother, he's buzzwording us and we didn't even know it. Oh, <laughs> I had to brother. say it twice. <laughs> Captain Roseborough, 500 points. <laughs> he's, got his, he's got his leg raised up on top of the speaker with his arm on it. Captain that's right, Roseborough and pose. I'm twirling my beard. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the hope for the emergence is the creation of the kingdom of God here on earth where social justice prevails, the end of economic uh, injustice and, and basically the bleeding together of all the, 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 the social economic classes it's some grand Hegelian, almost Marxist utopian vision for the world. That's what they talk about, you know, in creating the kingdom of God here on earth. All right, Chris, I have two minutes left. You need to pick a winner for the scripture twisting game. Well, if I picked the McLaren one, it would seem gratuitous because that was the one I provided. But I've got to tell you, for pure entertainment's sake, you just can't pe- beat Pastor Anderson in the Pisseth against the wall. I mean, talk about an adventure in missing the point. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, you have that little audio bite. Adventures. I don't. It, I don't have reverb on my soundboard, so I can't do that. Adventures and missing the point. The point. Oh yeah. I mean, you you can't beat that. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's just pure raw entertainment right there. I mean, nothing beats that. <laughs> All right. Well, then the winner for the the listener participation game oh, no. is Ellie oh, in Vermont. No. So she will receive a oh, uh, yeah. gift certificate to our our uh, our Table Talk Radio junk page. Uh, so it's almost like a punishment. Yeah, here have some Table Talk Radio junk. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to call up this pastor and tol- tell him that we he wa- his sermon won our contest? Chris is going to he he offered to do that. So Chris, thank oh. you for calling <laughs> Pastor Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> all right. Uh, that, that is about all the time we have for this edition. But, again, we do, we do want to hear from our listeners. That's, uh, the, give us a call, 866-851-5523. Agree or disagree with this show, 
We want to hear from you. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Our website, tabletalkradio.org. And also do check out piratechristianradio.com and fightingforthefaith.com to check out Chris Roseborough's stuff. And uh, I think we're on Pirate Christian Radio Tuesdays, uh, depending on your time zone, at 2 o'clock Central Time, 3 o'clock Eastern, and you can do the math from there. Uh, so, <laughs> Chris, thank you for being on uh, today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Oh, it's been fun as always. All right. Keep up the good work over there and keep that uh, that ship uh, uh, of fighting those those heretics on the waters of, of, Christian, of the Christian church. That's right. Stealing their false theology and giving them the treasure of the gospel. That's right. That's, that's, that's what you guys do, and, and, and keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. Hey, it's... It, it seems to me, Evan, that we should be able to end by saying that when we, when we have the scriptures given to us not twisted, but given to us straight, then we get Jesus. Uh, we right. get him on the cross dying for our sins. We, we get his blood covering all of our iniquities. We get his forgiveness and his mercy and his kindness. Amen. That's what we're at. That's right. And I do want to thank you all for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where we don't ask your posture in the bathroom. <laughs> I just can't get it out of my mind. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.